0: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends ten thirty one seventeen.
1: You are Locked On Nets. Your daily podcast on the Brooklyn Nets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Keep the Trump blasting, toe tagging, I'm riding past them. Before you let them ride with the team,
0: you gotta ask them. Who got snaps on the Petro? Keep it real, keep it real, don't front yo'.
1: Happy Monday and welcome to the Locked On Nets podcast, your daily dose of Brooklyn Nets news, analysis, and highlights. I'm your host, David Wertzberger. Thank you for listening. Today, we're going to recap the Nets-Knicks preseason game that unfolded Saturday night. I know it's a day late, but this podcast runs Monday to Friday, so apologies about that, but it's a great discussion. Uh, We're going to look into some of the things that we've been seeing these past two preseason games. Not Rush to quick judgments though, because of course it's preseason, I'm going to repeat this with every game, uh, let's not jump to any conclusions, preseason's a really shaky time where things happen that just don't translate to the regular season, most things we see in the preseason just aren't what they seem. Now before we get to talking about that game, just a quick word of business, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a 5 star rating, it really helps us out. Uh, subscribe on iTunes as well to keep, tra- keep track of future episodes. If you'd like to sponsor the Locked on Nets podcast, uh, we're getting more and more listeners every day. Uh, You can email us, lockedonnets at gmail.com. And finally, please submit your fan questions. We're eager to answer them. I'm sure you guys have a lot to talk about during this preseason, so you could tweet us at Locked on Nets, or the email was lockedonnets at gmail.com. Now, uh, to discuss that Knicks-Nets preseason game. You are locked on Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on the Locked On Nets podcast, Tim Oaks. You can find this stuff over at The Statesman, which is Stony Brook University's campus newspaper. He's a big Nets fan. He knows this stuff. Tim, thanks for joining us. Not a problem, man. I love always to talk to the Nets. Um, They're looking into a rebuilding season,
0: Uh, so let's get to work.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know it's coming along. Second preseason game, they uh, just got worked by the Knicks. <laughs> we both stopped watching a little late in the fourth because God, th- this game got so preseason so fast. I, I mean, th- they started out the second half with like uh, like Lopez wasn't playing. The Knicks didn't even play their guys. It was it was pretty tough to watch, but uh, th- there are some things to talk about. Uh, we saw a lot of Isaiah Whitehead, uh, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, is, is there anything you saw that, that you think is is worthy of discussion?
0: Well, I think first and foremost, it's it's got to be what they're trying to do on offense. Kenny Atkinson, I think, is really trying to up the tempo. Um, that was, a, you know, a big thing uh, with him when, when he was trying to get the job. I like the fact that we see guys like Whitehead and Grievous Vasquez attacking the paint and dishing out, uh, for, you know, for guys who are looking to 2-3s, whether it's Joe Harris even Brooke Lopez is a little bit. Um, so I, I think that I, I like this direction that the Nets are heading in um, in terms of being a little more aggressive and shooting some more threes. Um, you know, especially Joe Harris, four for six, I believe, today so far. He had another great game uh, in the first preseason game. So he seems like somebody who's been a little bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, we're, we're going to get to Joe. But, but you mentioned the offense and – yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a nice change of pace from watching. Oh, they didn't even have Jeremy Lin tonight. It's definitely a nice change of pace from uh, Jared Jack long twos. Uh, it was fun to watch them attack the paint and yeah. So Joe Harris, I guess we got to talk about him because <laughs> and, and this is a guy. I mean, listen, you know, it, not to not to talk down on any player, obviously, but you know, Nets fans didn't expect much out of him. I didn't expect much out of him. I don't think anyone did. And then you started hearing these good things out of training camp. And then he had the first preseason game, he looked good. And the, the second preseason game, he looked good. It is preseason, like I mentioned in the intro. And I'm going to mention it throughout the preseason. It's preseason, guys. You know, let's not jump to any conclusions. But, you know, he's catching shoe stuff. He knows where to be defensively. I mean, I just, like, I hate this situation almost because Harris isn't really a prospect. He's, like, more up there in age. He's been around for a little bit while the Nets have all these wing prospects that they're actually trying to develop and stuff. So it, yeah. he just sort of seems to be, like, I don't know, in the way. We're, we're going to move on. I, let me see a few more games out of this guy. I, I just feel so weird, like, talking about him. Like, God, he's hitting all these threes we have to talk about.
0: <laughs> well, just, you know, before we move on, I mean, let's let's give him credit. He's been shooting pretty well, as you said. Um, I actually, heading into the season, was like you. And not to talk bad about Joe Harris, I didn't really th- – think much. I wasn't really, I guess, excited uh, for the Nets in terms of what he was going to be able to offer. Um, but I heard he can shoot. But I, this is, what he's doing now is kind of what I thought Bo Beach would be doing at this point in the preseason. He was, you know, shooting pretty lights out in uh, the Summer League, so I thought he'd be getting a little bit more of a chance. Um, but Joe Harris, you know, he's the veteran. He's still in the show from him.
1: Yeah, well... <laughs> I, I guess we'll have to see more of him. Again, this just the situation's a little funny to me, and it's such a preseason thing to happen. I, I remember watching a Knicks preseason a few years ago, and Ronaldo Bachman was going off for back-to-back twenty-point games. The preseason's <laughs> weird, guys. Uh, you know what? I forgot to mention. I wanted to lead this podcast with uh, the most entertaining thing about this game to me was Brandon Jennings just going much harder than anybody else on the court. Like this is a preseason game, guys were at half speed for like most of the game and then you just see Brandon Jennings hounding Isaiah Whitehead, making his life horrible. Like, yeah, and Jennings. Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell too, throwing out these flashy passes, racing down the court faster everyone. Else. He was going so hard. I thought it was the funniest thing. But I mentioned Whitehead, let's talk about Whitehead. Tim, what do you like out of him?
0: Well, what I definitely did like is that he seemed like, uh, in a way, a a very aggressive point guard. He was attacking the rim. Um, He attempted a couple threes. I don't know if that's necessarily his game at this point, Um, but I like, you know, like you said, it is preseason. All these guys are trying out uh, what are going to be their strengths for the season, but Whitehead, um, I think he looked aggressive. He looked to pass out um, and, you know, kind of an outlet pass to Brook Lopez, but he he looked like someone with a lot of confidence, and you know he was supposed to be selected in the first round according to a lot of mock drafts before this year's draft. Um, the Nets got him in the second round, luckily, um, but he seems like somebody I think can be a project for the future, um,
1: and he's, he seems to be
0: not too flashy in terms of how much how successful he's been. But I like what I see so far in his aggressiveness.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm weirdly sold on him already, and I, and I'll tell you why. I, I know that sounds weird coming from the guy that keeps preaching, guys. It's preseason. Please stop taking anything like you know super seriously about it. But everything I heard about him up to this point, before we got to see him make his Nets debut tonight was really positive. The Nets got him at a great spot in the second round. I had guys that, that really followed him in college saying, you know, he's a hard-nosed defender, and Kenny Axton saying he can really play the point, he's going to do that for us, and all these things. And I'm like, all right, well, things sound pretty good about this kid. And tonight, you know, he was kind of a mixed bag, And but I, I really liked, the the thing with NBA point guards is, you can sort of, it, it's a weird way, It's it's an eye test thing, but they have this point guard feel and look like they're comfortable handling an offense, and I got that from Whitehead. Nothing seemed too forced. Like even when he was putting up shots, maybe he shouldn't have. He looked kind of comfortable doing it. Uh, he he made some really nice passes. His head's on a swivel. I, I like that about him. He's aware of, of where people are. Uh, he he had this one play. I, I wrote it. I wrote it down in my notes here. I kind of liked. Uh, he was trying to drive on somebody and. Like, about one dribble, two dribbles in, it wasn't really going anywhere, and he did a little head bump uh, to, to draw a blocking foul, and he got it. And I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a veteran play there, you know, I like that. And so, he he also did have some bad, like, I, I don't like how he's jump passing on all of his feeds. Like, he, he did that. If you watch his passes throughout the game, he's in the air on all of them, and that's like not a good thing for a point guard. But I, I'm pretty sold on this guy, like, at least as a prospect. Like, let's keep him around. He seems pretty promising.
0: Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's been one game, so let's take it with a grain of salt, but I agree with you. I do like what I see so far. He's, he's no Jorge Gutierrez or Ben Uzo. I
1: disagree oh, uh, on that. Nets legend Ben Uzo, man. I knew, you see, I knew bringing you on would – I wouldn't regret it, man. We got Ben Uzo in on the podcast. <laughs> um, you know what? I have another – I have a super hot take from this preseason, man. Uh, What's that? Trevor Booker needs to calm down. He needs to calm down because this is two straight games. Last game, like, second play of the game, Booker jumped up on a pump fake and nearly and flipped over a guy and nearly took out his head. And this game, in the first quarter, again, he tried to posterize, I think it was Chris Tops or something, and it, it was being looked at as a flagrant foul. And, uh, and yeah. he, Booker took a hard fall. Like, it's pretty season, man. You're a veteran. You should know better than to do this stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a veteran. Uh, but I think maybe he...
0: Uh, he could win the starting job. I mean, Kenny Atkinson went out, and went out and said that the power forward position is going to be
1: something that's up for grabs. Um, that's could, so weird to me. Sorry, we so, think sorry, be, sorry to you think him being the older guy. What's that? Sorry to interrupt you. That's so weird to me that he thinks the power forward job is up for grabs because I don't see anyone other than Booker starting.
0: I mean, at the end of the day,
1: Booker may start, but I, I think it's just going to end up being a, a shuffle
0: position throughout the season. Um, I mean, Louis School he looked pretty good in the first game, at least. Um, so it depends on really, you know, exactly how these play, exactly how these guys play in the preseason. But Scola added a three-point shot to his game, and he looked okay, despite it being preseason.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of the power forward position, uh, I'm gonna throw out this this little disclaimer on Chris McCullough because this is another preseason game where he didn't look like he belonged, and that's fine. It is completely fine. This is, in reality, is rookie season. Like, last year doesn't count. He played 20 games coming off an ACL tear. This guy is raw to begin with, and he's a big man. You put all the, those things together, you have to be patient with him. So I put it in my notes. Like, he looked not comfortable out there. He kept getting stripped, even when it was garbage time, when when usually young guys look better than they are, like freaking Ron Baker and uh, who was he, like Randall on the Knicks. Uh, but, yeah. He looked amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, so you know, let's be patient with McCullough. Uh, let's see. Any, anything else you have you have on your mind about this game?
0: Well, something I do have on my mind. Uh, even though he didn't necessarily look too successful, at it, ronde Hollis Jefferson um, is trying to find his niche offensively. We know what he can do defensively, but we're seeing a little bit, a few more jump shots being taken, not necessarily from three. Even though he did hit one today, um, but those those mid range jumpers. He's trying to establish himself offensively and really find that niche, um, and that's something that's going to be pivotal for this next season. Not that the hopes are too high, but he's a big part of their future. So if he can find an offensive niche or you know something a go-to move, then that would be huge for this team. So it looks like he's going to push for that mid-range, uh, you know, mid-range game.
1: Yeah, he's he was he was out there. I I liked what he did uh, this game as opposed to last game because last game he was just sort of like preseason's is the time where you want to experiment and try crazy new things and see if they'll work. Yeah. Especially with Hollis Jefferson, who's not good offensively, so I, I want to see him try that three point shot out. And he did, so tell me, Tim, when he put up that three, the catch and shoot, I want. I want the thought that flashed through your head as he was putting it up, and I want the thought that came after it went down. Because for me, I saw him shooting it, and I'm like, oh, God, that doesn't look any better at all. And I'm like, oh, my God, that went in.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's he doesn't look natural yet. <laughs> no. I'll definitely admit that. Uh, but I, once it went in, I was like, whoa. I mean, okay. maybe <laughs> maybe he's learning how to shoot a little bit. I, I'm getting excited. If if I'm watching the Nets, uh, I see a guy with his defensive uh, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't even want to say potential. What he can already offer defensively. If this guy can learn how to shoot, just a little bit, we have a really good player.
1: Yeah. Uh, let, let's. You were mentioning uh, Hollis Jefferson finding his niche on the offense. I'm going to mention something about Brook Lopez here, and this is again one of those preseason things. So yep. I, I'm not saying this is something for Nets fans to worry about. More so that it's something let's keep an eye on when the regular season comes. Hasn't he looked just sort of awkward in this offense? We all sort of saw it coming with the idea of Brook Lopez, an iso post-score, sort of doesn't like to move too much in a high-tempo motion offense, pick-and-roll, stuff like that. Like, we all knew it would be a weird fit, but, like, he really looks like uh, it's... The shots, he, the shots he's putting up, things like that. Like He he said he took a few dribble drives in this game. I'm like, oh, wow, Brooke, Brooke, you shouldn't be trying that, man. It just looks – it doesn't look right. So I'm going to keep an eye on that in the regular season. But, but, you know, that, that, that's, that's been over two games now. I don't really know what to think about that yet.
0: Well, I think, like you said, we kind of saw it coming.
1: Um, I think as
0: good as he was with the Nets in the past several years when he was healthy as a scorer um, – he kind of clogged the offense a little bit and made it very one-dimensional. Not that the Nets have had great options around him consistently. Um, But now Kenny Atkinson is asking um, him to go on the perimeter at times. This isn't a team, uh, let me say this, Kenny Atkinson is not going to want Brooke Lopez to consistently run the offense through him because in the past, like you said, he's an isolation guy. He doesn't really look to kick the ball out. Not a great passer. Um, But, you know, speaking of his passing, did you see he had a great pass actually to Ronde Alex Jefferson, I think, in the second or third quarter. Second yeah. quarter.
1: Yeah, that little that little he's so good at that little like tiny like classics eighties bounce pass a, on a backdoor yeah. play. Uh, he did that so much last season with Shane Larkin. But yeah. we we just I need to see more of that.
0: I mean, he's gonna be like you said, a little bit, you know, feeling feeling a little weird in this system because he's I don't think that Atkinson wants him to be, you know, all right. Almost every play is going to be run through Brook Lopez. I still expect him to lead the team in scoring, but he's going to—I think his numbers are going to drop in terms of points per game because he's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable not being the, you know, all the time go-to scorer. Because I think that a lot of guys are going to try to step up and, and you know, it's going to be more of a three-point shooting team. So it's going to be a little awkward at first. I do see what you're saying.
1: It's it's so funny too because Lopez is the best player on this team mm-hmm. and if the Nets want to win any decent amount of games, you know, he's going to have to do Brook Lopez things, but at the same time, it's again, it, it's an offense more predicated on teamwork and ball movement and things like that, which take away from Brook. It's like a catch-22 almost. And the fast-paced offense too because what have we uh, seen with yeah.
0: like Brook Lopez in the past several years? It's like they, they, you know, they run up or this is with the Nets. They they would run off the court and they would dish it to him, and it would be an isolation type situation.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: is he good at it? I, I think he is, but it it takes away from the fast paced team that Kenny Atkinson wants this club to be. Um, so it's just gonna be it's gonna be awkward. And
1: it it almost adds to to the fact that like I I think he's gone by the trade deadline, but that's a whole other discussion. Let's let's move on. What uh, here here's actually another thing and. Around the NBA, with with the Warriors rise to just being the super team, coaches have to figure out a way to combat a defense that just switches. Not like when you have these six eight, six nine guys that could just guard all five positions, like defenses that just switch and switch and switch, how do you stop that? I think the Nets are going to have some serious problems here because the Knicks were doing a little bit of switching when guys were getting lazy. Like, it's preseason. Guys aren't going to play their hard-nosed pick-and-roll defense, right? They're going to switch, whatever. And and you just see, like, Sean Kilpatrick or Boyan or I'm trying to think of another guy, maybe, like, Randy Foy. You know, they switch between a guy like Brandon Jennings and, I don't know, uh, Lance Thomas. And you're just like, well, the Nets can't score from here. then they're stuck again. And I'm just thinking, once the regular season comes, I think teams are going to be able to switch on this team so much. Because there's not a lot of one-on-one talent here, scoring-wise. Like, even Jeremy Lin's not a guy that thrives in isolation. This Brook Lopez in the post, and... Um, I don't know. The I idiot. really don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I, a lot of these
0: guys are, are, are catch-and-shoot guys, they're transition guys. So that's what Kenny Atkinson is going that's he's gonna be tasked with trying to find who else can, you know, maybe create their own shots. Um, you know, who knows if that could be Karis Levert if he comes back healthy um, and looking spry. But I just think it's it's gonna be difficult, uh, in terms of switching on uh, on opposing teams because none of these guys other than Ronde are real defensive stalwarts. I mean, yeah, look the, net, the Nets, is going
1: to get minutes. What? The Nets might not be able to get away with that either. It's it's pretty funny. What's that? Uh, switching. You were mentioning the switching, right? Because it's, yeah. you know, Boyan gets blown by against quicker wings. Uh, Kilpatrick. We'll, we'll see. I, I like Kilpatrick on that end. He's
0: not terrible on, on uh, defensively, but speaking of Kilpatrick, what is going on with him offensively in the first two games of the season? I mean, he, he looked like somebody that I was vouching for in the second half of last season. I thought that he was somebody that really needed to get um, minutes on some team. The Nets picked him up towards the end of last year. Offensively, he looked pretty good as a, some kind of a scorer off the bench, but he's uh, looked pretty sloppy so far this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to chalk that up to the preseason. He's adjusting to his new body. You know, He's gotten slimmer and things like that. I'll, I'm going to chalk it up. I'll get worried about that in the regular season. Let me, let, you know, we've talked a lot of serious stuff about this game, like way too serious for this game because this game was, was really hard to watch. How many points does Yogi Ferrell score per game with the with the Long Island Nets this year, Tim? Well, uh, seeing as uh, he'll probably, he'll definitely be
0: the starter, I guess. I think, I don't know, maybe 17, 16. He, he's a guy that knows how to score. He's aggressive, um, and he's looking to you know prove himself as a rookie um so i i expect some good offense coming from him um not too much defense but that's what he's gonna try to you know mark himself as a kind of a score like an aaron brooks type off the bench
1: yeah he, he's um, coming and, off as just that spark plug guy that's gonna kill it in minor leagues like just absolutely destroy i'm gonna yeah. you know taking up too much of your time here let me i'm gonna end off with question here. What broadcast were you watching this game on? MSG or Yes? Because we're both in the New York area. We get both. Well, I mean, I I didn't know that the Yes Network was actually playing it because when I turned it on, I I was watching something else. Right, it wasn't on yet. Yeah,
0: I I watched it
1: on MSG. Oh, man. Okay, that's good. I
0: forget what they were playing, but I was watching MSG.
1: Okay, so so I, I hope all Nets fans watch this game on MSG because the preseason banter is so amazing and the game was... Two minutes in, and Clyde Frazier and Mike Breen, who are such an amazing broadcast team, they started talking about the most random stuff, like ethics in a sports replays, and the like. They were talking about the the ring around the roses song, and like Clyde thought it was ring around the roses, and they didn't know. I thought it was the funniest thing, man. Preseason banter is the best. Tim, any oh, and, parting and, thoughts? Preseason cl- Clyde banter. It's a whole lot man. Yeah. You got any parting thoughts?
0: Uh, parting thoughts. Um, I think that this Nets team is as expected is going to be a work in progress. Uh, let's see who can separate themselves from the pack. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing
1: Karis LeVert healthy. Tim, thank you very much for coming on, man. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Nets podcast. If you enjoyed it, five stars on iTunes would be much appreciated and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Way I move, I'm I
0: always let me it get it one time. time. Don't fake the fuck. Keep it real. Don't
1: fake the fuck. Let me see them hands high. Don't fake the